Hey everyone, welcome back to the Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lenehan, and we are back with a brand new episode. Today's guest is Emmett Bassanet, founder of Copper Creations. A former engineer, Emmett left a successful career to follow a passion he had to live a more creative and fulfilling life. Today, he creates one-of-a-kind pieces, including lamps and bookends from reclaimed copper, and he heads up Raw Material, an Irish design store housed in the Chocolate Factory, Dublin. Emmett shares his own personal journey today, from starting his own business to how real-life connections and physically creating pieces inspire him to traverse the ups and downs of being an independent maker and creator. Emmett is one of the most talented people I've met during my career, and he integrates a sustainable mindset in everything he does, which is a constant source of inspiration. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Emmett today, and if you do, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Over to my conversation with Emmett. Emmett, I'm so excited to have you here today. We are definitely old friends at this stage and we've had so many great in-person conversations at the Chocolate Factory. I felt it was time to bring it to the podcast so we could share it. How are you doing today? I'm brilliant, Joe. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm uh, excited to do it. Well, this is it because I feel like you're such a wealth of knowledge and information not only about starting your own business and running something really sustainable at its core but also just your greater experience in business and the talk about you we're going to get to all of it but maybe just to start let's talk a little bit about how we met I think it was 20 was it 17? I'm gonna say it was I know it was 2018 so um I started Copper Creation as a proper fledgling business in September 2018 and I think the first time we sort of met would have been maybe October or November um, 2018 to do a gaff and the gaff kind of pop up I think I did a, a, a small a small kind of rail for you beforehand for an event uh, from some copper pipes and then you guys were having the gaff pop up um, which for me, for for me as a startup business, that was an amazing opportunity, um, and I probably didn't realize at the time how uh, important it was because, um, you know, I had just started out. I was trying to get my feet, and to have an event with with you guys and and, and so many people attending it um, was just great to push the business along. And it, it, you know, at the end of it, I kind of was going, wow, I really might have something here. Cause you know, you you start off and you're, you're, you're constantly doubting yourself and whether or not you've got the, the right ingredients to run a business, you know? So, um, that's where we sort of met, I think. And then, yeah, over the, over the years, we've, we've had different encounters and different things going on with that gaff pop up. I'm always pushing you to do another one. Cause I think it's just, it was just such a great event and, I'd love for uh, Gaff Pop-Up 2.0 to come around <laughs> someday. Oh, so would I. And you know what? There's, there's a couple of things there that you mentioned. Like, first of all, I think it was Caroline, my former business partner, who came across on Instagram and was like, check out this guy. This is so cool. And you had your Instagram page and you were making all of these amazing things with, with old copper parts. And like you said, we needed a rail for an event. Of course, he had fallen down a Pinterest hole and promised this brand that we could have this gorgeous rail. And then we were like, how the hell are we going to get this made? <laughs> So I think it was either myself or Caroline that messaged you and we were like, is this possible? And you were like, yeah, no problem. So already you were onto a winner with us. And then, yes, we did this really lovely real life event and it was great. We had like only a couple of makers, but it was just such a lovely weekend. And I think 
it really speaks to that power of in-person interactions. I say this as we're doing this over Zoom, but there is something special about, especially if you're buying stuff for the home, you know, being able to touch it and feel it and meet the person who's made it. And there is so much value in that. And I know we're coming out of the back of a, you know, a really fabulous online time for for makers and creators but I'm with you I think the time might be right to maybe do something in real life again because I'm sure you find this too you know connecting with people and, and giving your story definitely has value oh absolutely um for me it's one of the most important aspects of it um so with the business it's literally just me you know everything is made handmade um where from recycled or reclaimed materials as much as possible um and for what i've kind of learned or become aware of over the years is that when when you make something with your own hands or yourself whoever it may be or whatever it may be it it almost takes a piece of you with it when you make it so like what i kind of say now is it has a conscience it has some of you inside of it and uh, i know that kind of sounds kind of cheesy and stuff but when you meet somebody and you you, you tell them your story you make a connection in person with them um, and they may or may not buy something off you that they need. Um, you, you feel as if a part of you has gone with the product and every time they turn it on, if it's a lamp or light a candle of a candle holder or, you know, use one of the items you've created, there's a, there's a connection there, I feel. There's consciousness to it. Um, and also just meeting people is a great way for a small business to explore different product ideas even some of the best products that are my best selling products now were iterations of lamps that you know i may have made and someone said i thought i'd like that a bit smaller or would you do this shape instead of that shape um, um or can you do this and i'd always say yes whether i can or not i'll always i'm a yes guy um <laughs> but yeah which gets me in trouble sometimes but you know there they the golden experiences from meeting people and as you say coming off the back of such a, a restrictive kind of pandemic where we were we were we were prevented from doing that for for good reason but um yeah it's great to get back out i've just done the, my first in-person market last sunday and it's just great to see people again and for people to touch and feel the product and see see you and see rebuild that sort of connection that they may have had before and i always say like i started it in 2018 but it really sort of started in 2015 20 summer 2015 um and some of the first markets i did i did a really small market in glasnevin called the honest to goodness which still runs it's more of a food market now but one of the most rewarding things ever was recently at uh, i did bloom in the phoenix park and a lovely uh, couple came up and waited for ages because it was so busy but they just wanted to pop in and say hi and they were like god we've one of your lamps from like way back and we still love it and we just wanted to pop by and say thanks and you know it, it's a great feeling there's no feeling like that when you've made something from you know recycled bits or that and then someone has it for so long and loves it and, and appreciates it and, and remembers you for for making it which is you know that's one of the most rewarding aspects i feel of uh, being a designer or a maker um, in, in this kind of design and craft industry. It's quite, it's very rewarding. Well, you touched on there like that you kind of started this back in 2015. So I know you weren't always in this industry. So can you tell us a little bit about 
when you started to make and why and how you transitioned then from your day job to doing copper creations full time yeah sure um so i would have it's a, a question i get asked more recently quite a lot is are you like a trained artist or a trained designer in in from ncad or design college or anything i'm always like no i'm not i'm completely self-taught um i studied engineering so i did building and service engineering in college i have an honors degree in that um i worked in that industry for um the guts of 10 years um we i i sort of came out of college and fell into a job we into a job and um with some friends from college that a company was set up and we were selling renewable energy technology so we were selling like solar panels underfloor heating you know all the kind of renewable stuff 15 years ago so before it became really really prevalent um and we had a very small manufacturing facility um and i never really noticed but as the company grew i started to see that just the offshoots from any manufacturing process there's a lot there's a lot of small pieces of waste so there would have been little pieces of copper piping brass fittings pieces of iron um, never really paid too much attention to it, um, but then started to see it grow. And then I started to research where would it go. It, we would send it to the scrapyard. Uh, there'd be, you know, a, a value to it. Um, but I started to sort of research where the material would go from there. And typically speaking, it would just go straight onto a boat um, back to China um, to be reprocessed. And just the energy, the carbon emissions, all of the just the, you know to recycle it or reuse it, it was so high so i said can i take some small portions of that and try and create something new from it or something different so that was the initial concept back in summer 2015 i made some candelabras and some tea light holders and i literally went straight down while i was still working hit the market and that was the best thing ever and um, i'd recommend any fledgling designer or maker to literally find your local markets because it's such a great resource um, and Ireland is still quite strong and if we, we have a really strong local market sector um, and from that it, you know I, I, I got some great feedback and progressed into the lights and the lamps and stuff and, and the feedback was growing and um, I had an opportunity to take redundancy in um, 2017 and bucket and um lots of things kind of sort of synchronicities sort of started to happen um a space became available in the summer of 2018 then in the chocolate factory which is like a creative community in, in Dublin, the heart of Dublin one just off of L street um ironically next door to where I went to college um which is just so weird but um the building um i just felt like it was something i had to go for so i said if i'm ever going to give the business a shot and try and do it now that was the time so that was brought me up to september 2018 and um yeah from then on it's been a steep learning curve um there's been there's been so many pitfalls and and things and you know i suppose coming from a um a business background or a, working for a business that was very successful and grew really quickly um, earning a really decent salary um, just I, I probably fell into a trap that a lot of people do 
where you know I, I just was looking at my life and going am I happy doing this will I be happy for the rest of my life working this sort of people say nine to five but it's more like a, a seven till seven type job um giving it my all and really you know am I achieving anything or am I happy with it um it's a basic question sort of are you happy in what you do um and I kind of was realizing that I wasn't and may have may have not been for me so uh, the whole chocolate factory thing coming on board I, I i took a massive leap of faith to take a space open a little shop studio um and yeah start literally, i remember the first day opening the door sitting behind the counter with like a few of my products in the window and just sitting back on the chair and going whoa what what am i going to do here how am i going to uh, pay the rent and my you know not even thinking about wages or anything but just get this going um so yeah that was the the start of it and then it just yeah it slowly grew over the over the years and i suppose being in that space being around other creative people was a massive influence and and help um i wouldn't say i'm the most creative person out there um i i i i'm more of an engineer i'm more into shapes and structures and geometric things and, and that but um yeah taking materials and trying and repurpose them is, is, is really rewarding and um yeah just really love I, I do get up every morning with a bit of a pep in myself going right what am I making today or what problem am I solving today you know what 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 solution do I need to find to to make something or do something um different or, or new and it's very rewarding well, I like you couldn't hear me laughing, but when you said you weren't creative, if anyone sees what you make, I know they'll agree with me and dispute you. I mean, I know you had a, an engineering background, but there has to have been something in you that made you see all of this waste and see something that beautiful that could come out of it. And I know people listening will wonder, like, how did you even know how to shape the copper or like what? Like there was what gave you that idea? Because a lot of people would see the waste and be like, oh, God, that's awful. And then we just go back to their lives and you were like, no, I can make something with this. So like what sparked that? Did it just come to you or, and then how did you figure out how to actually make things? Because they're, the things that you make are very simple, but you can tell there's so much craftsmanship in getting them to look as minimalist and simple as they do. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I there, there was a moment. I remember, um, it was probably at the very, that first summer, um, we, we're really into our interiors and we love our sort of mid-century kind of look and Scandinavian kind of feel and I suppose 10 or 12 years ago, or when are we now 2015 16 the kind of Scandinavian influence was really just at its, its starting point um, in Ireland and I think we had a, a magazine and I just seen this picture of this copper pipe lamp that some designer in like Copenhagen or somewhere had made and it was a full page color image it was not polished it was like you know raw really raw and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I couldn't get it out of my head for weeks I was like oh my god that is exactly it was like I had all these like components on the table and I had some skills to do it but I needed that spark of seeing that one image taking inspiration from it and that literally, I still have that book and I, I look at the page quite often because it is inspiration. It just sparks your creativity and and uh, and gets you going. And and just, I suppose, trying to do things 
as you said, it's a simple aesthetic. So, you know, creating something functional that's, um, you know, sim simple, simply designed and just easy to uh, use and make. And, and even things with dual purpose or dual function, you know, like I have a, a set of bookends which hold up some books, but also double up as a, a shelf bracket, you know, just things like that, trying to give the consumer or, or the homeowner um, as much value in the product as you can um, from the top to the bottom. So, yeah, I suppose that was the main sort of spark. And then meeting people and, and, and you know, to, uh, the chocolate factory would definitely be a large part of uh, a, or an influence. Um, I suppose it's a creative hub. There's, there's, there's over 30 different creative businesses in there. And you never know who you're going to get speaking to um, on a day to day basis. And you could have a really good conversation with someone and you could be talking about something you never thought you would be talking about. And it can spark your ideas or your creativity in different ways um, so I, I, I'm always taking influence from from everything even the environment like I, I, I at the moment I'm working on a new range of lamps and um, I was driving through Drumcondra the other day and there's some beautiful lampposts they must be like a hundred year old lampposts and they've got a lovely simple geometric kind of shape up at the top angular that you know, and I'm just looking at that going, God, that would look amazing as a floor lamp, um, an iteration of it, or just, you know, seeing different shapes in nature and in the environment around you. Um, you know, I suppose you've every inspiration you can need if you just look out the window and a lot of times. Um, but yeah, that's that's I suppose the main sort of spark that kicked it all off. Well, I'd love to talk to you, to you about the Chocolate Factory because it's obviously a place that you're extremely passionate about and connected to. And for anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's this gorgeous, I mean, refurbished chocolate factory just off. Is it off Parnell? Would you call it Parnell Street? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's on Kings Inn Street. So mm -hmm. it's a little connector street um, between Bolton Street and Parnell Street. So uh, like if you picture the cinema at the end of Parnell Street, it's, it's two buildings behind that. Um, but it's a gorgeous building like it's uh, it's over 100 years old um, and um, has had many different uses over the years but of late now it's a it's a creative hub since sort of 2012 um, so you've got a gorgeous cafe on the ground floor um, and then from the basement up to the third floor there's all any amount of different creative people so you've got a recording studio in the basement you've got drinks being produced on the ground floor um, you've got uh, artists, you've got media production, photography, videography, um, you've got an event space, printmakers, you've got a, you know, a really cool guy making essential oils, um, you've got, and then even up on the third floor, you've got a, a company making denim jeans um, for the first time since the mid-90s, um, that manufacturing process has ceased, I suppose, in the mid-90s, and now it's started back up. Um, which is amazing and like even just to go up and walk around their studio and see some of the machines and, and plants that they have like the they've got stuff from Japan and America from the 50s and the 40s and like just yeah amazing sort of to be around that um, it's 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 a great community it's so supportive it's a great building to be in and one of the things which is I suppose is great about it is you know certain times you can you can come together and 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 do things collectively like I would we set up a sort of whatsapp 
page to um, improve our kind of buying power or our influence that we may have. So, you know, we might all be buying packaging from the one supplier separately. So if we all came together and said, you know, we need X, Y, or Z times five, is it gives you a little bit more sway and just different things like that. It, it, it It's being more sort of, having a more sustainable practice or being more conscious of if different delivery drivers are coming five times in the day, why can't we organize ourselves so that, you know, the delivery driver comes once with everything, make everything more sort of sustainable or um, less impactful to the environment, uh, which is a big part of obviously what I do and the building's sort of ethos as well would be quite like that too. Yeah, and like, I mean, what I really love about you, Emmett, is that, you know, you're not someone who shouts about running a sustainable business. It's just part of what you do. And it's very intuitive and natural for you. And, you know, it's not something that you take a lot of credit for. But I know from us interacting over the years, it's something that is constantly part of your process when you're making, when you're working. You just are always thinking about how can I lower my impact? How can I make this, you know, as, as, you know, earth friendly and low impact as as possible, which is honestly so inspiring because it's the way we all need to think. It's, you know, it's great to be able to shout about all your eco credentials, but at the end of the day, it just needs to be part of what we do in our everyday lives. And it has to be as important as anything else that we consider. And you just are such a shining example of that. And the chocolate factory for anyone who hasn't been, they really need to go because you also have this gorgeous store there. Please talk to us. I just did a little reel about it last week and so many people got onto me and they were like, oh my God, I no idea it was there on the ground floor of the chocolate factory right next to that gorgeous cafe Bloss. yeah so we have um Bloss, which is a gorgeous cafe as you say and um in the corner of the cafe i have a little sh shop it was my original studio so it was the space i first took um and was you know banging and bashing copper pipes in there every day and um, now i've sort of uh, changed it a little bit so it's more of a sort of a shop feel um, a place to display the lights and, and my products and also all of the other products in there are from people who I've met along my journey um, so like you've got jewelers who would have been at one of some of the first ever markets or candle makers or different people who I have a connection with over over the years and somehow it all gels together really nicely uh, into a, an okay kind of product range um, and then on the flip side of that, you've got all the designers from the building. So you've got all the artists and printmakers and different people who are producing beautiful products. Um, it gives them a place to showcase their work too. Um, so, you know, you've got an eclectic mix of, of different products in there. It's quite small, but, you know, I think it really showcases uh, what we're at, up to or, or the different creative businesses in the building quite well. Um, and and you know it's not open eight to five Monday to Friday or anything like that. Like it's it's limited on the hours. But yeah, the anytime the cafe is kind of open, it's usually usually open. Um and yeah, I'd love to to grow it a little bit and get it a, a, a little bit more out there because it is a bit of a, a hidden gem. It's not no website. It's it's quite uh, old school in its approach. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the attraction of it too, is that you can find, you can still find these little kind of almost secret places that aren't plastered all over the internet doing massive amounts of deliveries every day and stuff. And it's, it's more, it's more not, it's like, it's not really about, it's not a, a money making sort of enterprise. It's more of a showcase and a, 
a promotion of the 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 work of of different artists and people in the building as well which which is important for me um that have that space and allow people to come in and have a have a meet and a greet and a look at all the different things and a touch and a feel of of the product like you know it's, it's, it's so important and look, I'll leave the, the details for that and for you, obviously, down below. But I would really encourage people, especially like this time of the year, there's lots of weddings happening. I've got a wedding tomorrow and there's lots of birthdays and everything. And it's just one of those places that you can just pop in, get yourself a coffee and something nice in the cafe and then just browse and pick out something really special. And I think anyone who visits will just be blown away by the quality of everything, the packaging, the products, the range. It, it really is, you described it so well, it's just such a little hidden gem. I don't know where you find the time to also run it, but I commend you for it, you're a busy man. Um, I'd love to ask for people who are listening, I know you mentioned you have a new collection, when will that be coming out? And for people who are wondering, like, you know, are, are your items always like evergreen? Can they go onto your website and buy? Do they have to get them commissioned? What is the story? Yeah, okay, so... Um... I am literally working on a new collection at the moment. So um, last sort of, uh, ooh, it's hard to remember with COVID, but maybe a year and a half or 18 months ago, I, I got some barbell weights. So that'd be from a gym, like, um, you know, those kind of weight plates that go on the end of a, I'm not a, I'm not a weightlifter, but um, you, for your weights that you're lifting, there's like a metal plate that goes in the end. I got loads of these and I, I, I discovered that they make really, solid strong bases for lamps so i'm working on trying to adapt them to have like a range of table lamps and a range of uh, floor lamps from them because the little iron piece is so small and heavy it kind of sits really neatly on the ground on it's not in your face and then you can have a really ornate or simple sort of structure above it from the copper pipe so that's the that's the next thing I'm working on. I'm hoping to have them ready by the end of, yeah, I'm kind of getting tight for time now, but I want to get them ready for the end of August and then, you know, do all the photography and, and, and maybe some videos and stuff and hopefully launch them in September for the run into Christmas. So yeah, that's what's coming soon. And, and, and then to answer your other question, the, uh, the products are always available online. Um, I don't generally carry a lot of stock. I kind of make to order every day. Um, so the only thing I can stretch out sometimes is a little bit of a lead time, you know, can be two to three days or a week at the latest. Um, but yeah, all the products are in the current ranges are available online on the website um, and from the shop directly um, in the chocolate factory. And yeah, but one of the things I love to work on is our, our bespoke or custom pieces um by far like how we met um was through a custom piece um so i'll always encourage people to get in touch you know if you've got an idea um i mightn't be able to do it like not everything is possible you know sometimes people have really ornate idea really great ideas and it's just so hard to to say no and that i just can't do it or i don't have the equipment to do it but in general, you know, um, I've had so many interesting things over the, the few years I've been in business. Like we've done, I've done a, a, an old optician's kind of uh, eye test kind of chart light thing that we I turn into this really cool lamp, floor lamp. And then uh, I remember one of the most interesting ones was a, a, a firefighter uh, arrived in one Saturday before COVID 
with a like a, a nozzle from a fire hose, like a brass one, and um, wanted that turned into a lamp. So like, you know, it it's just I I really feel strongly about that. Like you know, it's instead of going out and buying something you necessarily don't need, um, to have a look at what you have and try and repurpose or reimagine it, and 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 you know, nearly anything can be turned into a light, for example, or a piece of furniture can be repurposed for something else. And, and I suppose to, to go back to the ethos of what I do is to, is, is to try and just educate people or make people have a second thought about things they're buying and just, can I use something I have or find someone to, to fix or mend or repurpose something? Um, yeah, they're, they're, my, they're the things that keep me interested day to day is you know someone coming with with i don't know like a copper cylinder from their hot press and they want to turn it into a bird bath you know like something crazy like that or uh yeah there's just so there, there's so many possibilities and and i think in in the sort of being more sustainable culture that we we all are trying to live in and just reduce our impact um it's ever more important to kind of look at the things you have and see can we reuse them or repurpose them in some way and I, I, I love that it's so interesting. And I'll tell you something if more of us had your mindset we would be a lot further down the road to being a more sustainable community but I just I always find our conversation so inspiring the way that you view the world is so unique and I know you took a leap of faith all those years ago when you left your job and I know so many people are so grateful that you did thank you for all of your hard work and this honestly should have been a visual podcast because when you're describing all your amazing creations I'm like I know people are listening being like okay I need to just get on Instagram and check them out so I encourage everyone to do it um, and to come visit you in the chocolate factory Emma thank you so much for the chat today thanks joe i really enjoyed it thank you so much um, for having me today